Keep preaching, okay. And Acts chapter number 9, Acts chapter number 7, and uh, I was trying to jump forward there. Um, <coughs> if you're able to, we'd like to invite you to Sunday school. We're going through the book of Acts as well in Sunday school. It's pretty neat. And uh, we normally follow a, a book, and it kind of helps out a little bit. And, and uh, But anyways, Acts chapter number 7, uh, we've been preaching on the theme of reaching one. We talked about the lost son, the lost sheep, the lost silver, uh, the lost soul was last week. And today I want to talk to you about Stephen's one. Uh, who was Stephen's one? Uh, you know, you look at your life, you look at, and we've talked about this, make sure we, we get somebody, we know somebody that's lost, know somebody that's, that needs the Lord, and make them their, their, your one this year. Pray for them, witness to them, and uh, just keep be a continual, uh, a continual uh, consistent witness for this person. That's really what we've been preaching on and really focusing on, because I really believe um, we could uh, literally, I don't know how many folks are in here this morning, but if every person in this room would just bring one person, what reach one person this year, we'd double our attendance in just a moment. Uh, we just reach one. Uh, God's placed on your heart, maybe, and we've talked about this, maybe God has placed on your heart one person. And you've been praying for them, and you've raised your hand, you've asked us to pray for them too. And, and I, we will, and we need to. And we need to continue to reach that one. But as we look at this, in Acts chapter number seven, uh, kind of grab us and put us right back where we're at, okay? So we understand what's taking place. Stephen was a deacon, Acts chapter number six. Stephen uh, preached and they didn't like what he said and so they threw him in jail. And uh, they, they threw him in jail and then he had a chance to stand before the group of people and uh, he got a chance to preach back to them. And so he preaches mainly the whole chapter. Chapter seven is, is Stephen preaching back at this group of people, trying to give them the gospel. And the very tail end of this is the death of Stephen. And you say, well, how do you get Stephen's one from Stephen's death? Now let's read together. If you got your Bible uh, there with you, let's go ahead and read together. And uh, we're going to do uh, some reading here. I'm going to give you a couple thoughts, and I'm going to try to do my dead level best to kind of convey what, what the Lord's laid on my heart this morning. <coughs> Acts chapter 7, let's begin reading in verse number 55. And uh, he being full of the Holy Ghost, talking about Stephen, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. How, how amazing it must have been to be Stephen that day. Uh, what an amazing thing that he could look into heaven and see God, uh, Jesus standing on the right hand of God. But anyways, verse number 56, and, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord. And they cast him outside of the city and they... Stoned him. Uh, they got so upset at Stephen because of what he stood for, what he believed, and, and what he preached. They killed him. And uh, we look at that today, and we're like, man, how wicked and mean that must have been. You know, There are still places in this world that if you preach the name of Jesus, you can be killed for the name of Jesus. Still today, it's not a, not, it is a, a rare, but it still happens. And there still are Christians uh, that get killed for the na in the name of Jesus. Just a couple of months ago, I, knew, I didn't know personally this missionary, but I knew of a missionary in Iran that was killed uh, for preaching Jesus. And his family, his wife and children had 
to get out of that country as quick as they could uh, for their safety because they were coming for them as well. So it still takes place today, okay? Uh, persecution against the church, persecution against the Bible, persecution against Christians took place then, it takes place now. And so the Bible says that they stoned him. Look at this verse in verse number, and the witnesses laid down their feet of the young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying unto Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Now, this is, this is the most astounding thing that I've, I've read uh, in the Bible. This is, in my opinion, one of the strongest verses I've ever read. Look in verse number six. The Bible says, and he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Stephen, okay? This is Stephen, just a guy just like you and me. He's just a regular Joe, okay? And cried out with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And, he, and when he had said this, he fell asleep. I want you to think about this for just a moment. I, I, I want to tell the story, kind of grab us, and, and, and I want to transport us and kind of give us a couple, couple thoughts concerning this, okay? So here is Stephen. He's an apostle. Uh, he, he's, he's, I'm sorry, he's a deacon. Uh, he's just a guy in the church, a regular guy in the church, just like everybody in this room, okay? And God used him to, here he is, he's preaching, and they begin to stone him with stones, pick up rocks, and beginning to throw them at him. I remember when I was a kid, <coughs> I grew up in Kansas some, and then we moved to Arkansas later on when I became a teenager, and I remember in Kansas, growing up, we used to have snow fights all the time because snow happened. I don't know if you know what that is. You know, that's a white stuff that falls from the sky. Anyway, anyway, uh, anyway, so I remember playing with snowballs all the time, snowballs all the time. And one time, our neighbor across the street, he decided that he was going to be an idiot. Okay? Have you, you know any of those? But anyway, so, so he, he, gets this, he gets this snowball together. He gets his snowball together, and we're fighting back and forth, throwing snowballs at each other, and he puts a rock on the inside of his snowball. And he grabs it, and he chucks it at me. And it hits me right here in the eye. I still have a scar to this day right here. Anyway, and so this, the rock hit me in, the, in my eye. That hurt. And you know what I did? I went like a little, baby, little bitty baby and running inside and telling my mom, you know, he doesn't ever get the rock at me. Come on. Right? That's what I was supposed to do. Go cry to mama. But anyways, and I think about that. In my mind, I think about that and how much pain that caused me. And, my, and there, there was some blood involved with that too because uh, it left a scar. But and I think about that and the blood and the, and the stone that hit me. I, stone. It was a little pebble that hit me. And in my mind, I think about Stephen and what he went through. And, and as he stood there, they didn't just pick up the smallest little pebbles they could find. They picked up something that was going to do some damage to him. And as the city gathered around him and as the, as the, as the group of religious leaders gathered around him, they picked up these rocks and they began to throw them at Stephen. And I don't know if he was trying to stand up or he just sat down on the ground or whatever, but he, I don't know if he was tied. I don't know if he was handcuffed. I don't know if he was tied there and had to stand there and take it. I don't know if he stood there without being tied. I really don't. But as the rocks flew, Stephen was getting hit and didn't move, didn't run away. Like I said, he may have been tied, so it could have possibly kept him from doing that. But as these rocks are flying towards him, look what he says. The Bible says that in verse 55 that he looked into heaven and he saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Now, anytime in the scripture you know this to be true, you know your Bible, that every time the Bible talks about Jesus, where is Jesus at? Right 
He's sitting on the right hand of God. He's not standing on the right hand of God. Now, I don't know why Jesus was standing. There, there's multiple things that I believe. One reason is that he was standing because Stephen was the first martyr for Christ. He was the first martyr of the church age. I don't know if that's the reason why. I don't know if he was standing because he thought maybe, okay, it's time for, it's time for God to tell us to blow the trumpet. Let's go get my children. There could be many reasons. It's all, you could guess whatever it is. But ultimately, Jesus was standing on the right hand of God. He saw that take place. They're throwing those, they're throwing those rocks at him. And the Bible says in verse number 60, what does he say? He says, Lord, don't charge him with this sin, please. Boy, if we're praying, Lord, get them. <laughs> Man, they're throwing that rock at me, get them. Rain fire down on them, you know. That, that's what I'm praying. Maybe I'm just too carnal, right? But Stephen says, Lord, don't charge them for the sin. He forgave them. Right there. You know, you look at your life. Look at yourself. Look at your past. The things that have happened in your past. People who have hurt you. People who have despised you. People who have not thrown physical rocks, but they've thrown stones at you. You know what we want to do? Get even. What did Stephen do? Hey, Lord, would you forgive him? Lord, would you forgive him? Now, I believe this. I truly believe Stephen's statement here in this text allows one to be reached. One person to be reached. His life that he lived, not at church, not in the pew, but outside of church allowed someone to be reached. Because you can put on a show here and you can dress nice, and you can look nice, and you can look good, and you can, put, you, can put on the, you can put on the show here. But truly, I'm not reaching someone in here. I'm going to reach somebody out there in my daily life. Because people don't want to hear how much you care. They want you to, they want to see you care about them. When Stephen was standing there, he could have said a hundred different things. He didn't have to say anything. But yet he chose to say these words, Lord, forgive them. Look in verse number 58. Bible says, and cast him out of the city and stone him. Brother, Brother Jerry, this is where we're talking, okay? So I had, that's why I had to stop you in Sunday school because you was getting into my lesson, okay? My sermon for this morning, verse number 58. And the Bible says, and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet, whose name was? Saul. Read that, read that name to me. Saul. 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 Do you know who Saul is? Also Paul. That's right. The Bible says that they took the clothes of Stephen, the bloody clothes, the clothes that he was wearing when they were stoning him. 
the clothes that he was wearing, when they began to mock him and scourge him, when they did that to him, they took his clothes and they laid it at the feet of Saul. Do you know why? Because Saul was responsible for Stephen's death. Because Saul was the one who was responsible to make sure that Stephen was shut up and he wouldn't tell the gospel anymore. You go forward, Acts chapter number 8 is the, is the story of Philip. Acts chapter number 9 starts off, and we read it in Sunday school this morning, but the Bible says, and Saul yet breathing out threatenings and war against the church. Saul did not stop at that point. He watched this young man, Stephen, get murdered. He watched this young man, Stephen, as they put the clothes at his feet. They watched him as they, as they throw stones at him. They watched him as Stephen said, Lord, please forgive him. He said, Lord, don't charge him with his sin. He watched all of that take place. And he didn't stop. He didn't stop going after Christians. He didn't stop going after Christians. In chapter number 9, he went around trying to find Christians, either to throw them into jail or to kill them. That's what he was going to do. God had other plans. In chapter number 9, Saul, riding along, God kicked him off his horse. And a bright light shone from heaven. And the Bible says, Saul said, Lord, what will you have me to do. Now, I personally believe it's my opinion, and you can, you, you can agree with me or whether you do or whether you don't. That's fine. <coughs> I believe one of, one of the most important reasons why Saul gets saved in Acts chapter number 9 is because of what Stephen did. Your life affects others. Did you hear what I said? Yes. Your life affects others. But not only does your life affect others, but your death can too. See, Stephen lived out what he was. He was a Christian. He was a believer. He lived it out. When he was being faced with all those things in his face, what did he say? Lord, forgive him. In my, in my thinking, I don't know, and I, I don't know that maybe, maybe these two stories don't connect, but in my mind, I go back to the story of Jacob and Esau. The Bible tells that uh, there's a story of Jacob and Esau. Jacob is out there cooking him some pottage. And all of a sudden, Esau comes from the field because he was working real hard. He was hot. He was sweating. And he comes to Jacob and he says, man, I'm tired. I'm hot. He said, I need something to eat. I'm about to die. He says, I'm about to faint is what he said. And Jacob says, well, hold on, bud. I'll feed you something if you give me your birthright. Well, what that meant is that birthright was something that belonged from him. In the, in the Bible times and, and, and most of the time here, uh, how we live, uh, if someone dies, the person underneath them, their son, their daughter, I, they get the heir, right? I mean, you have heirs in your life. And so what it was is he gave away that birth. He, he had a, he, Jacob said, hey, if you give me your birthright, I'll, I'll give you this food. So Esau says, okay, I'll give you my birthright. What good is it anyways if I die? So he gave away his inheritance. He gave away something that belonged to him, and he gave, it to, he gave it to Jacob. Jacob became the heir. Jacob got the birthright. 
And you say, what does this story have to do with the other one? Look, our lives affect other people. Because Jacob got the birthright. You understand that Jacob became um, father. Well, father to what? Israel. You understand that he became, the children of Israel became who they were because of their father, Jacob. Jacob had, was a subplanner. Jacob was a wicked man. He devised against his brother. He worked against his brother. But because of his decision to work against him, his brother was without the birthright. How easy would it have been for Jacob just to tell his brother, go ahead, have some pottage, man. I've been out here working on it. You, you just have a bowl of soup. No, you've got to sell me something to get this bowl of soup. You say, well, listen, Stephen lived the life he did, and as a result, he reached one. Now, I want to reach more than one person, ultimately, but my life, I need to reach one. One. What the Bible say? If he gains the whole world and loses his own soul... So many people are out there trying to get this and this and this and this and this and this, and they don't even worry about what's going on in here. I have four, I have five of the most important people in my life that I need to reach. They live with me. I can be the, I can be the best preacher in the world. But not care about my family. How, how important is that? I can preach all over the place. Go to meetings and preach all over the place. And if I don't reach my family, how, how silly is that? My family's my, 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 my one. I have two kids that aren't saved. Lucas and Lindsay. And Lindsay wants to get saved, but she's too little. She don't understand it. She wants to get saved. She ain't ready. The day will come when she's ready. But do you know what? Do you know how that's going to take place? It's Trenton being where I need to be. And being who I need to be. And you're one, your person, you're trying to reach your family, you're trying to reach your neighbor, you're trying to reach your cousin, you're trying to reach your, your co-worker. You're not going to reach them by not living like Jesus would want you to live. You're not. It's not going to happen. You want to reach somebody? Be who you are outside of church. Be a Christian. Be real. Be real. Our families, our people, that's who they need to see. They need to see a realness in you. When you come to church, you shouldn't act like a different person than you are out there. It's called hypocrisy. You know, I've talked to people, I don't like to go to church because there's too many hypocrites. I don't like that excuse because they go to a grocery store and they're full of hypocrites. But anyway, we won't go there. And I understand churches are. But we ought to live our life the way that God wants us to outside the church building so I'm not the hindrance to somebody not getting saved. Amen. I can't imagine that, somebody, that I would stop somebody from being saved because of the life I live outside of church. Because I'm one way at church and another way at home. You talk all spiritual at church, but when you get home, you don't talk about nothing but church. Anything but church, right? I have to be real. 
My children will not get saved and be right and stay in church if I'm not real. They will not. Because if they know that daddy's fake, they don't care less. That's it. They can care less about what I am or who I am or what I do That's if it. I'm fake. When, when Saul was standing there and he watched in his eyes, he watched, I, 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 I don't know, I, 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 again, I'm just, my opinion, I feel like Stephen looked Saul right in the eyes. They met eye to eye <laughs> yeah. as those rocks were flying. And Stephen says, God, don't charge him with that sin. That's a godly life. That he would affect others. Whose life am I affecting for good? Jacob and Esau. Jacob affected Esau's life for the rest of his life. For bad. Because he stole something that wasn't his. How are you living? Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Do I, do I make mistakes? <coughs> Ask my wife. She'll tell you a bunch of them. <laughs> and maybe you can send her and say, yep, Brother Trenton makes mistakes. I'll tell you a couple of them right now. I'm not perfect. I'll never proclaim to be but I want to reach one. You may be, and I'm going to close, I'm going to be done. You may be the Bible that somebody may ever read. You may be the only Bible someone might ever read. They'll never pick up a Bible, but they'll read your life. Read how you treat people. Read how you, what you do on Sundays. They know you're going to church. <laughs> Better mark that off the calendar. I, no, he, she's going to church or he's going to church. Right? We can't do that on that day because they're going to church. They know. Whatever it is, you need to be the standard. Look him. Stephen looked him in the eye and lived righteous. When we go home, we want to reach somebody we want to reach that person that we're praying about. We want to reach that person that we're truly seeking after. We need to live our life the way God wants us to. Are you going to mess up? Yep. Are you going to make mistakes? Absolutely. But I need to live my life so that others can be led to Him. Who's your one? Who's your one? Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for this morning. I pray that you've used me in spite.